If you PayPal Dane 10 grand, <laughs> he will give you that information. Maybe more. <laughs> Maybe more. Well, no. It's you, negotiable. You can, if you pay 10 grand, he, he will tell you that information yeah, yeah, if you're that, that curious. Yeah, I would do that. Um, just putting that out there. Everything. And if you do that, we will probably have you on the show too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I'll sign a book for you. Yeah. <laughs> I will, like, I, I'll draw you a picture and sign it too. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I hope this happens. Yeah, I don't think great. it will, but I really that'd hope it wild. does. That'd be wild. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Master of Sport Podcast. Here with my three-time world champion, co-author of the year, Damn. Earl Kunkel. That's me. Thanks, Dane. <laughs> Earl, how was your? Uh, how's? How do you feel about daylight savings? Isn't it gone now in the state of Pennsylvania? Wasn't this like the last of it? Was it iteration? Like we don't put the clocks back again ever? I don't know. I could be making that up. I feel like you're making that up. Someone told me that. And I, I would prefer if it was like. It just like, stays like, like it is this, now. Yeah. So in my line of work, my other job, my other work that I do, because I'm a hustler. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to be places before other people actually go to work because. So it does stink because it's still dark in the morning. Uh, it's dark in the morning yeah, now. So you true. go from like it being light out when i'd wake up yeah. to now yeah. all of a sudden it's dark again and it's like Ugh. it's like there's like two months where you're like oh gosh yeah but then it goes back to being light in the but morning. right now i'm just hoping my pa gray gets me to the um over 60 consistently yeah that way i don't have to like go and warm up my car in the morning that's like my big <laughs> ask right now yeah, that's just funny hold off on that you know that's funny this episode of the Masters of Sport is brought to you by Garage Strength Equipment. Garage Strength Equipment sells single leg rollers, balance pads, power elastics, technique sticks, and a plethora of other pieces of equipment. Head over to GarageStrength.com to pick up your single leg squat stand today. Awesome. That was well done. That was a pretty good plug, right? Yeah. It's because I was trolling your memory, <laughs> and now you're like, so you can do better at... Oh, because of that, yeah. yeah. You know what was interesting? We were going to do a podcast with... a. Uh, the sleep specialist who canceled like nine different times, but I wanted to talk to that Probably guy. Probably needed a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk to that dude uh, because he talks about sleep spindles, which happens during deep sleep, and I wanted to see because I had started Wait, to read sleep that. spindles, like literally like Sleeping Beauty, like how she pricks her finger. No, it's a oh, okay. it's the way a uh, brainwave reacts inside your brain during deep sleep. And I wanted to ask if he's ever done sleep testing of brainwaves of people who have really, really high levels of memory. This guy who was a memory oh. world champion. Dang. So that was like part of my reason. Niche to... study type yeah, of thing. That's like... why I wanted to read it, but he just kept ditching us on the uh, on the emails. Man, had so, more important things to do. Like solve actual serious problems. He actually does a lot of research on, uh, I guess, with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Do you think his favorite band's Dream Theater? <laughs> or Sleep? <laughs> yeah. One of those. One of those two. <laughs> oh, also, I wanted to tell you, I hope this guy's listening. His name's We're probably Dylan. losing in retention right now. We're not talking about well, strength training. Dylan Taggart, he's a drummer for a metal band. He shared his Spotify metal playlist with me. And he was like... It, He's like, it has like some stuff that's like pop metal that you listen to, me, not you, yeah. like Queens of the Stone Age and Meshuggah, 
But then he was I also have CDs by both of those bands. So then he was also like, "There's also stuff in here that you've never heard that I think you'll like, and there's probably a lot of stuff that you've never heard and you'll probably not like at all." So I did want to. I I wanted to tell you that. That's awesome. Yeah. See, see what the world of social media and yeah. and long form content. Share your podcast or your playlist with Dane on Spotify. I don't use Spotify, but in reality, I was, you should just watch my playlist because mine are better than yours. Yeah, go Dane. Good job. Yeah. Earl's gonna talk about how he's better than everybody else because he doesn't use Spotify. Uh, I'm not gonna say that. I just don't use it. <laughs> I I like buy music. Like I go to a record store. Yeah, that is the way. To I do own it. CD. I actually was listening to a CD on the way up. It. I'm a firm believer in slow down. Yeah. I don't have the bandwidth con- to consume everything on Spotify. So I'd rather just be like, all right, let me get a CD and now I'll listen to these three things yeah. for a week. Yeah. And feel and it out. S- study it, absorb it. Yeah. Come I, I, I like that. Now, where Spotify, I think, is strong if you want to do like a genre study. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I, I'm going to just listen to death metal and you can just you go can through find, all the different types find of death stuff you otherwise would yeah. be used to finding. And then you'll understand why doom death is the best form of death metal. <laughs> like just silly things like that. Or like, I'm going to go on a power violence kick or yeah. like, give me all my grind core. Yeah. But then I want my ambient music too. So anyway, yeah. never mind. No, that makes sense. Can we though. talk about 14 days out? Like, can we have the listeners at home, like start imagining that they're 14 go- days out sounds like 28 days later. Wasn't Brad Pitt in that? Yeah, but that's half the time. No, Cillian Murphy was in it. And I believe it was Alex Garland who wrote the script. I don't think he directed it. But Brad Pitt I, wasn't it? No, he no. was in Seven Monkeys. It's the dude from Peaky Blinders, okay. and it's 12 Monkeys. 12 and, Monkeys. And you're thinking of Seven with a... Uh, seven, yeah, I just combined with Seven Morgan was Freeman. good, though. Yeah. Yo, Seven was good. That's what about of, Meet Joe Black? That's my. That's one of my all-time favorites. I didn't, I didn't see that one. Uh, I like that one. Yeah, David... Fincher. Is it Fincher? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Stop sidetracking me here there. We gotta <laughs> talk about days fourteen out. days okay. out. You know? Yeah. When you have a big competition big specifically competition. weightlifting. Specifically weightlifting. And this can be modified. You could use this for sports performance. How are they gonna imagine this? This is very like literal. Like you can't think about all that stress in your life about cutting weight. You can't think about the stress of having to attempt huge lifts. You can't think about the attempt of having to snatch and clean and jerk, you only get three attempts where it actually counts. So, you know, your, I want to say it, your er- margin of error is incredibly slim. Yep. And not only is it three attempts, it's three incredibly heavy attempts. And if it's going well, that third attempt is definitely a PR attempt. A huge probably PR. The heaviest probably a lifetime PB. And at the very least, it's matching that number in some capacity. Yep. So it's stress from a performance standpoint. And then you have to start thinking about how are you sleeping at night? Yeah, and Jesus. Also, too, like, how are you going to travel and get there? I was just going to say What are you going to eat when you get there? And once you get there to eat, how are you going to time it? And what happens if things don't go to plan? Yeah. And all of a sudden, if you're elite and that plane ride, like, arrives late or has you on a red eye for some reason or, you know, as you're – laying there you get a kink in your neck and it's like what is going on and all these things you can i don't know beds are different yeah everything man that one's huge dude you i am a princess in the pee when it comes to a bed yeah that but how you just laid that out and and like that's you're just scratching the surface on the things that change yeah i think that's the biggest thing i remember when i when i first got into weight well weightlifting but also just like i I would probably call it like high performance, like 
performance sport, like high performance levels. Um, and I when remember, the competition like matters to other people besides yourself. Yes, yes. Right. Well, and, and when it's like, I, I would say the NCAA is high performance, but I think more so when you get into international com- com- competition where you're like, you're in the Pan Am, you're in the European Championships. So like, and, it, and this is any sport. I think that's when you can really professional level. That's when you'll say high performance. And to me, like I remember having this conversation with um, a sprint cycling coach who is now the, 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 the head coach of the, the U S Aaron Hartwell. And he had said, he's like, you don't understand how many things that you can prepare for, like, or you can do all these things to prepare, but there's one thing that could happen at any moment that could completely derail everything. And people on the outside world are just throwing shade and judging everyone on a performance, but then neglecting to actually observe yeah. that something that you just laid out really it's well. It's almost like the when you say what they observe, it's like that internet like iceberg thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, the oh, meme. let's look at the, the iceberg of it. It's yeah, like, yeah, no, you're right. That's everything you just commented on. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, what you see is is yeah you know, what 25 percent of what's actually happening not even close yeah. i'll give you 0.25 percent yeah something crazy yeah but yeah I, I i wanted to you know talking about this 14 days out was i've been working towards like uh specific sequences for the types of athletes and then the, when you say types of athletes are you talking about like your zen your social and your exuberant yes like how you yeah. prep them okay how to how to prep them but then also based off of limb length and then comparing that sequencing to how I would peak, let's say someone like Sam, a discus thrower, Yaime, you know, discus throwers, any any type of thrower versus how I have sequences laid out for wrestlers. And, and actually we just, I, this is ironic. I wanted to share this is that this 14 day plan was basically a sequence that was created uh, with the thought process of the NCAA championships for wrestling, which was just this past weekend. And so I had laid out 14 day sequencing for the wrestling team of South Dakota state. And then up to that point, another 14 days and another 14 days. So there was like three different levels based off of their, their competitive performances. I have a question for you real quick to backtrack. Cause I got confused with the three 14s. Yeah. Was it like 42 days out, 28 days out, 14 days out, or was it just 14 days out here? Are three different tracks, depending on level of athlete. I know this might sound weird, but I, I was sort of thinking about it as like 28 days to 14, 14 to 14, and then Okay, 14. so 42 to 28. So it was three different 14 blocks, okay. basically. So it's essentially like you're – would you be Summit headed into realization? Yeah, yeah, I would say that. It's or like, a little bit of the ascension at the end. Yeah. It, like going back was like – uh like a week and a half of the ascension into summit and then doing that again. So it was sort of like molding them actually together a little bit. Okay. Um, Oh, you're starting to experiment with your uh, phases for your forms. Yeah. Especially because of working with, with their team where it was essentially, all right, we've got 10 wrestlers that have to peak Mm -hmm. and they have to peak two different times. And they had, one final like really big dual meet that they had to lead into and then they had to peak for big 12s and they had to peak again And these peaks come like that it's not like you get to lay around and like lounge about no they're it's it's not like a true peak in the in the in the sports performance sense of you know what it is it's a 
endurance peak. Yeah. We have to work on that terminology of it. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like one event. It's like how do you withhold a high level? Yeah, I mean, it's basically can you achieve 95 to 100% of your best for and extend that over yeah. a longer period of time? So you're never like truly getting this super compensation when you're dealing with a wrestling team that's leading into yeah. big 12s or sustained compass compensation. compensation yeah that that's actually pretty good yeah but so to go to go back Take over that people listening yeah we'll keep working on that one the, we already have a sustained impulse yeah yeah but i sort of like that uh i like sustained impulse i think i actually like that sustained compensation but the You're welcome <laughs> the uh the whole goal was setting them up so that they could have Ideally, ten wrestlers make it to the tournament. They had eight, and then after they have pretty good. Yeah, that's their school record. After they have eight go to the tournament, ideally, I wanted to see if we could get three to four into the All American. They got two, and the one one guy made the final. So, the whole the whole sort of uh, influence of this it was created back. You know, I've worked on a lot of the stuff with football teams, and I've done a lot of team peaking, and it's it's a lot. It's pretty easy because. There's only so many blanket things you can do with a team. With an individual, you have to be really, really dialed in with everything because you know the you have more control over the individual. And so, you know, this is how I took this looking at the wrestling team as like a bridge of a team sport into an individual sport and then taking that and then sequencing that with Haley and laying out what we've been doing as she gets into into Pan Ams and on top of that, I've taken basically her last six competitions looked at what we did there. And I knew I wanted to set up an experiment leading into this meet because of, uh, the way the pan, the pan American championships laid out. It's, it's an Olympic qualifier, but it, it's not, it's not very urgent that she hits a huge, uh, total right now. Uh -huh. So I wanted to take a risk in the programming and see if we could spark a huge total on the back end and like take this as like we're going after has it been posted some of the like craziness that's went on from a huge spark potentially or is that she hid the one post so you can see her reaction but you can't see with the weight on the bar okay um i mean i think people have seen her hit like 12 and 13 all right and they've seen her um snatched 86 like four times could could we say it's optimistic <laughs> I think so. I think what's I what, haven't seen anything. So yeah, I think what's funny for me <laughs> is like, I think it's optimistic, but I get so stressed the week prior to the competition because now yeah, you're horrible to work with. I'm told, right, yeah. Jason? You can say it here. Let everyone know. Well, no. it's like it's. I mean, I'm getting ready to leave and travel. Yeah. I'm dealing with someone who's going to go to the Olympics. Who I still get approached by all my workers as though she's just a normal person. It's like, dude, she needs. We've got to dial in her training. Yeah, and then I've got to look at what she's doing in training and and try to adapt that to understand how she's handling it. I think we're in a good spot. She did bitch at me a little bit yesterday that she thought we were going a little too heavy yesterday, even though she still lifted pretty well. Um, but I'm taking her her feedback and changing my original plan. But then I'm, I'm changing my original plan so that the when we get down there, the shock of the uh, the heavy session is going to be pretty freaking interesting, which I wanted to share with you. Nice. Um, so this point's great. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say many of our li 
listeners aren't coaching people at this level. I'm not going to say all of them. I'm sure there's someone listening who is doing that same thing. How do you take this and apply it as a coach for someone who wants to I like, I think that's a great question. Yeah. I think as a coach who's just working, let's say you're working with like a high school, high school football team. The best thing that you can take out of this is to establish like a weekly, your weekly sequence or a, a yearly, a seasonal setup. So it's like when you have someone who's a, a good team, this is how the week is set, set up. When you have someone who's a bad team, this is how you would set up that week. When you have someone that, yeah, this could be, you know, this or that, then you want to set up the week this specific way. I think that's the best lesson is to take this and to actually create it and then analyze it on the back end to see how what you did in that scenario worked. You know, look, like using the football example, we want to lift on a Sunday or let's say we want to lift on a Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and then if we're playing a week team, we'll do plyometrics on Thursday football games Friday or if we're playing a tough team the following week we want to lift on a Saturday and then we want to lift on a Monday and then Wednesday we're just doing a shakeout we're just doing like literally mobility so that's how I would take that then and just establish that you're going to have two or three different scenarios that you can play with on a weekly basis how do you figure out if your team or the individual responds better to volume or intensity in those regards too? like for instance, I would look at the, I would look at the positions. Okay, like who gets like does my team as a whole get beat up by volume or do they respond to volume more? Does my like so my thought here and I may be a little if it's a smaller school, they probably handle volume better cuz the they're kids are going both ways. Yeah, yeah. Like they're yeah. just they're, used they're to wired it. that way, yeah. Where if it's a larger school, the kids probably respond better to intensity because they yeah. can just play offense. Right, right. I uh, I think I actually think what's surprising too is you'll actually see like a wide receivers and uh, like the players that you think, you know, they're running more. You would think that more volume in the weight room would bang them up at least on the surface level. But in reality, it's like they can actually handle it. And I think it probably is, is similar to what you just sort of laid out. Like offensive linemen get killed by volume. They're bigger individuals. They take more time to recover. But then also, if they're going both ways, they will get trashed. Typically, though, like the running backs, the linebackers, safeties, receivers even, like they can handle it because they're just so used to that type of grind. I Now, you do have to factor in, like, are they going both ways or not? And I actually think you're right. If you're going both ways, those guys are actually in tune to handle more volume. They're they're wired to deal with it. Um, but I think it's to me, it's breaking it down position by position or, or groups. Okay. Positional groups. So are you saying like, so a positional group, like offensive lineman, defensive lineman, like linebackers, running backs or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would just base it up into like linebackers, running backs would be one group. Even DNs maybe. Yeah, probably. And then I would put in like tight ends probably in there as well. Then you could go safeties, safeties, corners and, and wide receivers. Got it. You know, quarterbacks, quarterbacks are, train with the linemen, yeah, right? Yeah. Quarter, no, quarterbacks go. Play tennis. Go play tennis and wear your red jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great for the game, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. They score so many more points. Like, it's yeah. more exciting. Yeah. That's why arena football is so fun yeah, to it's watch. Just like, mayhem, dude, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. All right. So, we got those that 14 day window. Where are you most likely to, you can mess up this 14 day window? 
And where, if you do mess it up, can you save it? Ooh. Like, where's that window in there where it's like, if I mess up, it has to be in this time frame? I think frame, you mess it. Yeah. And I got here to save the day. I think you can mess it up, like, from day 14 down to day 10. You could back off too early. Okay. And you could save it from, like, you could then save it from, like, day 10 to day 5. I think if you mess up. What entails? If you mess up after day four, you're screwed. Okay. <laughs> if there's four days out. Yeah. What entails backing off too early? Like what? So I think a lot of coaches will 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 tend to drop volume to like forty to fifty percent of their previous level, and then they'll feel the lifter will feel really good. In this case, a lifter would feel really really good for about five days, and then they get flat, and they just feel like they have no tension on on the lift. And I think that's the tendency that you'll see is that they'll, they'll back off too early. So then my question is, how do you go about assessing the back off first? Like, so it's not too early. Like what data points, what metrics are you looking at? And then like, how do you assess from competition to when you started backing off? Like I to figure it, that out. I think I, I mean, for me, it's like start with backing off with accessory volume. And then you then you can go into like your strength volume. So you could go like let's say you're doing four sets of five. So instead of doing four sets of five, maybe you do one double, one set of five. This or, is for your absolute strength movements. Yeah, yeah. When are you like? D all right, day fourteen to one. When are the accessory movements being backed off of? Right away, I would do instead of doing four sets. I'm so doing day two. fourteen. It's like yeah, we're cutting just the volume there. Everything else yeah. is kind of staying. Where are the athletes at? Yeah, it could be, or even if you're like, all right, and ex accessories are, you know, four sets. Let's just cut it to three, and you don't have to push it at all. Like you're just trying to. Just, so it's like a quarter. Yeah, it's like a quarter taken off, and and that adds up within the first three days. You're already looking at. You could be looking at like eight to ten less sets. Is this total tonnage like you look at, or do you look at the mechanical tension there? Ooh. That would be just total tonnage. At this that is point. why I'm allowed to hang out here. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that needs to be addressed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like you just were like, I have something to put I mean, in. That's, the, a, that's the doc. all the stuff that we've been talking. I know. About. It's like figuring that out to to make this more precise. And I think that that that's the so that you don't screw up that that back off. Yeah. And this is to answer your question about where the screw ups can happen. And, and I'm looking at this sheet right here. Is that the the test that I'm going to be running is going to occur with about four days out from the competition. Okay. So if I fuck it up, it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, because that's where you say like there it's the no not the no man's land, but it's like the no point of no return. Basically, is that, yeah. Is that what the event horizon is too? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't know if I'm using that right. Someone comment below and no, but say I how think it's you're right. Yeah, I think you're that's right. the event horizon yeah, day yeah. four. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie? No. So good until. The third act. I think this is just my opinion. Sorry, everyone who's like, oh, now we're doing pop culture stuff. The third act, they make the like the horror like tangible, something you can see and touch. And it just ruined it for me. Yeah, like, yeah. get rid of the avatar. Just let it be like, don't I don't need an like, explanation. You don't, yeah, you don't just know. let me be terrified. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's good. Just like you're terrified. This might not work, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and I think that that's. I mean, it, it's a risk I'm committed to taking. All right, so day 14, quarter, we're backing off accessory work. Yeah. You said day 10 is where we could back off too soon, potentially. Yeah. 
So, and you talked about backing off from the absolute strength work is the next part you go. Yep. When is like the day that happens? And I know this is all based off specific athletes. So most of these numbers you're given are probably based off Sam and Haley. I'm going to say just for audience out there listening. When do we start peeling back the absolute strength? Uh, day seven or 10. I mean, day seven, we're looking at that you're going to do one squat set that you're going to push to like a heavy double and then one timed or like one unbroken set. So it's like, instead of doing three to five doubles or triples, we're going to do like just one double. Is the, is this the intense, uh, the time set, the double or no, is the time set would be a set of five set of five. Is that on like the impulse day versus the. So for the weightlifting, yeah, I mean it would. Well, no, it would be we would. Well, weightlifting's more like comp variation. Yeah, days, we would like, still have it on for weightlifting. We would have it on a variation day, and then we're gonna do it again on a comp day. Okay, one with a front squat, one with a back squat, a timed one, yeah. and a push one. Yep. All right. Um, what is so? If you're doing a set of five, what is the time range you're looking for? Like, where's the window there? Eleven to fourteen seconds. Okay. Ten to fourteen seconds. Somewhat, something like that. Do you are those numbers those numbers specific to athlete or just like sort of global universal global those numbers are universal but the weight will be specific okay and you want to see like I do you have a percentage I think there's percentages of their max clean and jerk that they should be but I don't want to talk about that okay that's yeah. fine with me everyone if you if you how much money would you tell someone that for ten grand ten grand if you PayPal Dane ten grand. <laughs> he will give you that information. Maybe more. <laughs> Maybe more. Well, no, it's you, negotiable. You can if you pay ten grand, he, he will tell you that information yeah, yeah, if you're that, that curious. Yeah, I would do that. Um, just putting that out there. Everything. And if you do that, we will probably have you on the show too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I'll sign a book for you. Yeah. <laughs> I will like. I, I'll draw you a picture and sign it too. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I hope this happens. Yeah, I don't think great. it will, but I really that'd hope it wild. does. That'd be wild. <laughs> Even if it's like three years from now, 10 grand, what's the number? <laughs> yeah, <that's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> All I, right. So I was going to say is that for me, it's setting up when are you going to have test events? Okay. When are you going to have your days off? And then looking at, so it's test events, days off, looking at, um, how you're going to mimic a competitive situation. So how are you going to mimic like attempts? How are you going to mimic uh, log jams at the table? How are you going to mimic um, any of those random scenarios? But then also bring in things like um, what variations are you going to use? Uh, and then, and what, what variations will you use in opposed to strength exercises? All right. So my question here then is, how do you decide on the variations? Let's start there. Okay, so first, during this time, uh, and I, I did this big talk for Weightlifting House this weekend where the whole point was like, look, if you looked at exposure phase and comprehension phase, that's when you got to be hammering weak points. When you're starting to peak somebody, you pick two to three variations that are their best movements and that bring their success to light. And so that's how I determine the the best variations is – there's, there's two ways of choosing it then is like, what's their best variation that gets them in a good mindset. But also, you know, uh, I, I call some of them like a speed variation could be like a power snatch or like a one box power clean. Like to me, those are speed variations. So you want to have, 
a speed variation dependent upon the strength movement. And then you want to have their best variation depending upon uh, what they, what they're doing, you know, opposing their heavier leg yeah. strength lift. So how want to say it? You're, you're never giving them something where it's like, I hate this lift. Yeah. 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 That thought's not even no, there. You it's don't like, want that to happen. it's like, Ooh, I can go real heavy or like, yeah. I feel it's all a mental game with it. Yeah. Even though it's still, it's, Re, it's it's physical, reaffirming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. What they're good at and what they need to do, but it's still working technique. It's still given yep. that little dip in intensity through yep. the variation. Like it, it hit, checks all the boxes. Yeah. All right. So you choose the variations that way. How do you choose, um, or how do you govern and limit then the intensity within that? So that's where okay, that's a good question because basically, like, if I'm getting we, a lot of those today, yeah. If if you look at the first, you know, fourteen days out to me is going to be the test event. Okay, so that's okay. Like, let's let's see what's. Oh yeah, I forgot all about the log jams too. Well, let let's we'll see. Yeah, let's see what are we at. Like, let's let's roll through. These are my attempts I have laid out for you. These are your warm ups, and this is how I want you to hit it, and let's see what happens. And then what I want to do after that is basically say, okay, these are going to be the openers. So there's going to be one or two days that we go, I need three or four lifts at your openers. And I need you to hit them like, like I need you to, to hit all of those. So you can't miss these. Okay. So you set that up and then it would be, what was your, what was your original question? The, um, um, the, was when it? you govern and limit the weight. So you're okay. talking about that with like <clears throat> yeah. I, three openers, like, Hey, you're hitting your opener three times today. Those are your three by one or something like that. Right. So to me, the big thing is, is like, after you would do something like that, you would go one or two days of speed variations or one or two days of you use a speed variation or you use a partial variation, like just a split jerk. So you could hit like uh power snatch on on one lift and then the next lift could be a split jerk and you could go heavy on a split jerk but it's not going to fatigue them you know and then you could do clean pulls or front squats after that and you only do one double one set of five and they're going to feel fine like their body's going to be in recovery mode at that point so the intensity there um so it's not too much is really going to go down to at what point are you doing these mini tests like the the openers the, the repetitive opener day yeah this is sort of like your checklist going in are they actually ready to perform correct yeah and you as the coach you know this yeah do you communicate this with the athlete then too sometimes sometimes yeah all right let's talk about that decision making process then okay so I when think do that... you communicate why do you communicate or why don't you communicate i think there's it? some athletes that are just have a genuine interest that want to know i think some athletes want to tell you how they're feeling and you have to value what they're saying and some of them you don't have to value what they're saying so if i value what they're saying i tend to tell them um and some athletes just don't care so it's like there's no point in telling them yeah they need they just they're like dude whatever you put on the bar when i'm competing i'll lift it so this uh, what i'm hearing is it's based off the um the individual coach athlete relationship yeah. too yeah based off your assessment of like how they handle it if they don't handle it, if they're mature enough or like it will psych them out or yeah, yeah, for sure. Put them in a good headspace. Do you ever lie to them? Don't answer that. Cause one of them might listen. You can tell me though. <laughs> I, like I just to gas them up without them even knowing. There's very few times I've done that. Yeah. You seem like a bad liar. Yeah. I'm usually like that sometimes with throwers. Uh huh. But even then I'm just like, dude, you're not in good shape. 
You just got to try and catch one with that. Like, there's usually, in throwing, there's usually, like, one cue that you can, like, just, it, it might increase the odds by, like, 5% that they catch one. Uh-huh. And usually I'll just try to find that cue and then crank. But weightlifters, it's it's pretty, yeah. they know where they're at. It's ready to go. It's very. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. I hear you with that. All right, let's get back to the log jams. Okay. That you were talking about. So, when, how do you decide, let's start with how do you decide what they will do if they hit the log jam? Well, I I, I like, want to time them during the test event. Okay, so, so I'm timing, backtrack a little bit. Yeah, I'm timing them. How often you want them taking attempts in the back. Yeah, and I'm and I'm timing what their natural. These are weightlifters too, so. Yeah. yeah this but, is like Haley, Jake, and Jordan. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm timing their natural cadence and what they're doing and and what and even too yeah what what what's normal for them what's Ryan Junior I'm just naming yeah. all the international yeah. athletes that what's, I can think of yeah what's the normal timeline that they follow naturally and then based on that and based off my experience is that too slow or is that okay and then it's like all right by the time I get to day seven on day seven I'm gonna try to disrupt it a little bit and I might say like okay we're gonna come up. And then we got to come back down and we got to hit, you know, a percentage. So we do like a mini wave almost. Talk to me about what's the most disruptive. Is it taking time away or adding time? Taking time away. Because usually in our system, everybody's trained with enough volume that we can drop down and they can deal with it. The problem is when you take time away, you're rushed. Okay. But that's when I start using on the minute. And it, and it can be like a blessing in disguise where you're like, all right, we got to go. Boom, boom, boom. You got to go. You got to go. And the only downfall is that, and this is where this sort of happened with Anna at the Arnold. If anybody's watched that video on garage strength weightlifting is that you get into a situation and you're like, yo, you got to freaking pick up your shit here. You are taking way too long to do your shit. And that's where it's, you've got to be like, go 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 you've got to go and that's where that can be disruptive because someone might have a specific ritual but their ritual takes too long uh-huh so well that's part of that whole prep yeah. when we were doing the imagine thing like you have to see that ritual yeah and know that and time it out too you can't yeah. like you have to mature in that way like organization goes a long way in yeah, everything you, you do in life you have to and the coach has to recognize that yeah good job dane way to mess that one up well, there's also like sometimes, uh, 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 dude, Anna's shit. It's like, come on, what are you doing right now? I've never seen Dane, you do this. When it comes to leading, you can internalize it or externalize it. Oh, right I, now, you are externalizing. I externalized it. it. I was like, yo, you have to chalk up when I'm telling you, and you can't. And she's like, for real? Yes, dude. What were you doing? You stood at the back of the platform before you went over. Then you came back to the back and did your shit again get it together <laughs> probably nervous I, I yeah but that's that's my whole thing with weightlifters is like if i'm in a if i'm coaching a uh like a let's say a football team and there's an error from a player you're on them you're like come on this is what you did you made the bad read yeah and then when you made this bad read i don't think football coaches there are exemplars of like how to deal with people when things <laughs> go fair. wrong that is very fair but i think that there's a point there's like a fine line whereas weightlifters it's like if you sneeze at them, they get totally thrown out of whack. It's like, dude, there's a lot of crazy like, scenarios in a meet. Football coaches should be memes in like the yeah. bad sense well, of not what to do with people. I think they are memes for the most yeah. part. But going back to that, when you get short on time, 
that's where some of the work that you do during the ascension phase and the comprehension phase, that's where it pays off because they, they're, they're used to doing something like on the minutes. What about when it goes too long, when it's like you have 10 minutes between attempts, 15 minutes, you just like, got to trust. I mean, that's how Haley was at worlds. She, she had, how do you handle that? Like she, what? dude, she went over nine minutes without taking a lift and she was like, I'm fine. I'm going to hit it. So it's like, you just got to trust and know based off of prior experience, what can happen. Well, Will you train that leading up within that 14 days? I'll try to days? train five minutes. Will you ever be break. like, all right, this is just me asking, hit the lift, seven minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes go by or whatever, go take a pull or something like that. Yeah. And then make them sit another four Not minutes. Not often all right, with now a pull, take a lift. but we will. Or, yeah, we will. Or like a power clean at yeah, a lighter weight or yeah, something. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. All right. And I will use pulls in a meet. I will use them in a meet. Got it. Uh, but, it, you know, it's just. It, it, it all that stuff though that by the time you get to like to me by the time you're seven days out you've got to do another competitive series where you lead up to like their second attempt probably and then and you try and bring in a wave at that point what are your thoughts of doing things to like mess with them mentally like turning the music volume like obnoxiously loud i don't like that okay yeah no i i think like psyop type, like yeah i think it's more important to get them into a total zone of like they've got to execute with the minimal amount of distractions so that they can prove to themselves they can do that and then later when there are more real dis distractions in the competition setting they're basically just so you try to out. set the environment as similar and just create hiccups that are typical of the environment versus like just obnoxious like yeah i don't totally out of left field type yes of stuff. yes yeah for sure okay and in all reality like a training situation is very like a max out situation at, a, at the gym here is very similar to what that situation in the back is like it's yeah. really similar what's that like since we're 14 days out some of these days especially at the elite level you are at you're training there right like yeah haley's gonna be in where's pan am's at argentina she will be in Argentina training in a back room She'll with have five days there with other athletes of that same caliber that raises the intensity a bit. Yeah. And how do you, so my thought, my question is how do you like zero in, not you, but the athlete, how do you teach them, coach them to zero in on themselves and not see the periphery? Because you know, like there's a little That's bit of like jock to it like yeah, yeah, what's that's on hard the bar because, like yeah that's hard because even just being in the environment immediately raises the intensity if you're saying like you, you know don't like in the pan am don't pay attention to the columbia don't pay attention to the other american don't pay attention to the canadian it's like you cannot pay attention but you know they're there so it still raises yeah. the intensity uh and i think that's factoring that that will factor in I don't purposely, I didn't purposely plan this, but the thing that I want to do for her when we get down there, I think could shock some other individuals. So you're trying to play some head games. But I'm not. It's like, it's something that we've done in training that I've seen a great response from her that I want to use. But I don't want to, I'm not concerned about the head games because I'm just concerned about Haley lifting right. weights. You know, I'll play head games, but you know this is happening. Though. And I, yeah, and I'll play head games the day of a competition because that's the one thing as as coaches is you can do stuff. That sounds like fun. It is. I mean, it is fun. 
I mean, you don't want to. Is it like whack a mole? Like you don't want to be like as this you know, some obnoxious person, but like you, that's part of the sport. Could you bring around like a hype man who trolls the other people? No, that'd be like wild, straight though. WWE. It you could, but nobody would do that. Oh, why wouldn't they? They trying to sell more tickets. Take some things I, from I don't WWE. Think care about that. I mean, it'd be like a tennis match. Like people when when they oh, heckle during a tennis match, they get pissed. Man, have you ever seen the movie uh, Happy Gilmore? Yeah. Something like that, that'd be wild. When they like pay the dude to just heckle yeah. him the whole time? Yeah. It's like some Something of the funniest like stuff of the movie. Well, like, yeah, of course. No one likes to laugh. Everyone's so serious. Just had that Joker meme with him. Hey, we got like five minutes left. All right. You want to go to the... You want to do... Do we do the audience questions first or we try this new thing? You're all Wait, about. I wanted to... I, are we done with this? I mean, I guess we you are. You tell me if we're no, done. Yeah, I'm we're done, done asking questions. Yeah, we're good. Go to audience questions. You want audience questions first before that other new thing you want to yeah, try? Yeah. All right. I the got, new thing I think people are gonna love. We this is from Discord, little gamers. Um real quick, uh Ernest Knuckle plug here. I'm pretty much in the Discord almost every other day now. So if you want to like troll me, that's the place to go where I'll actually oh. see it. Um Awesome. Yeah, I only go in the podcast one though too. Every now and then, I don't know, Jason can tell me. I may go into like the general, but I'm curious what y'all have to say. All right, little gamers. In ollie lifting, there's many coaches, athletes that believe not to train chest exercises. I read this question. Is there a reason why? What's GS opinion on this? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you should. Your chest is, is plays a major role in stabilizing your shoulder. You love program and bench during the realization phase, don't you? Am I right? Am I, For weightlifters? Yeah, don't you end up letting them go? Well, they'll do clap push-ups. All the time. Yeah, yeah, they'll do clap push-ups. You love clap push-ups. Yeah. yeah. Greatest upper body plyometric movement? Probably, yeah. Yeah, overrated. You're so stupid. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding with that one. All right, Reddit. This is Skylerd H. I, I don't get the internet sometimes. <laughs> oh, join our Discord and Reddit, too. Absolutely. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Oh, yeah. Like. Ring that notification bell, YouTubers. Five stars, podcast people. Audio only. All right. Skylar at H. Looking for ideas, training. Split for my high school freshman and I to do together. We both are wanting to become explosive athletes. Um, mainly improving vertical and explosiveness. He plays football, running back, linebacker, basketball, utility player, baseball, catcher, and second base. And golf. That's a lot of sports. I only play football, tight end. Basketball and golf now. Thanks for any advice. I mean, to me, it's like you're a catcher. You're a football player. I would hit. I would focus on improving your hand clean or in, improving your full clean, improve your front squat, improve your single leg squat, get your bench up, and get your pull-ups up. All right, there it is. Yeah, focus on them. Or just, I would also just say, go to peakstrength.app, download the app, there we go. and put that into your programming. Like It's Forty dollars, you get seven free days of training, and if you don't like it after seven free days, you can cancel at any time. The worst thing that you can do is to do nothing. That's exactly what I would say. Yeah, there. that was a thanks for the slow pitch. <laughs> yeah, Dane, thanks you. J Jason's giggling. Would he, would he be considered a universal training? Athlete? A universal training I would athlete. Put it in for football. Put it in for football. Yeah, football would transfer the best to everything. Yeah, the more people that use it the more information to just improve the training, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Spend it. All right, let's try this. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. We got three exercises, oh, and geez. we're going to do one pop culture. 
Oh man, I hope I know the pop culture. Yeah, I know. I was gonna try to trick you on one off the, a movie I watched this weekend, but I'm like, they won't know that, and most of the audience probably won't have a clue either. But okay. I still may do it anyway. Okay, so we're doing overrated, underrated. Yeah, three exercises. Okay. First one, power clean. Power clean is overrated, <sighs> only because there's other movements that you can use to replace it that can be even more effective. Like a full clean, like a hang clean, uh, like a box clean. I think that they are more effective than a power clean. The power clean is overrated. Yeah. You just said that. Wow. You <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing because he, te- he asked about it earlier today, and I, it was the first thing I texted him that was overrated. Just, yeah, to, like, just to see how it would respond. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought through it when you said that, and I was like, I mean, in my mind... Yeah. But, like, somebody from the outside who's not in weightlifting would be like, yeah, it's overrated. But I'd be like, you're stupid. Well, just think about how many football players yeah. power clean instead of full clean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah. like, why do that? Yeah. I had a cousin who was a decent football player. Like, nothing spectacular. I think his bigger problem was he was too short for the positions okay. he was playing. If they would have just moved him somewhere else, he would have been fine. But he would full clean. And his coaches would yell at him. Yeah, yeah. Because he wasn't power cleaning. But and he was better than everybody. Be- he, I, I never saw him do it, but he was cleaning like, he, I think he could clean like 315. So like 143, yeah, really which is really great, great for a high school football Absolutely, kid. Yeah, like, yeah. But instead of like, oh, catching it, probably elbows under, you know, like the yeah. bad mobility one. Yeah, yeah. He would like just drop under it, catch right. it, and stand it up. And it's like. And that's why even with shorter stature, he could play. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. All right. Next one. Overrated, underrated. Snatch. Over underrated. 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 The most underrated, probably the most underrated exercise in the history of the planet is the snatch. And the reason why I believe that is because it's easy to learn. Almost everyone can do a power snatch or just a snatch in general. And it's unbelievable that you it's so versatile and that you can use it to peak somebody you can use it to increase their strength you can use it to increase somebody's bench press the snatch is the most underrated exercise i'm gonna i'm gonna boulder shoulders baby you get big traps that's from snatching i'm gonna chime in the snatch this is another reason why the power cleans overrated if you know how to snatch, yeah. you can you, use the same amount of weight yeah, for, and do a more athletic movement. Yeah, I agree. And train more muscles. Yep. Yeah, I agree. That's all, but yeah. hey. There we just, go. I wanted to throw that one in there. What's the all next right, one? We need a third movement. Third movement. What are you doing? Rubbing your freaking fingers together to like to get the exercise? I'm getting warm. To come out? Getting it warm, yeah. Warming oh, it up, I need baby. A new pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah. Gotta make it happen. Um box jumps. Overrated box jumps are one of the most overrated exercises out of the entire plyometric realm. You can do so many things that are more effective. I would even tell you, do a tuck jump. I think a tuck jump is actually more effective than a box jump. And on top of that, a bound, a single leg bound, a stair jump, a hurdle hop, box jumps. Overrated. <laughs> we still use them though. I do yeah. like them. I, I like them. It's a it's a stepping stone, but yeah. like at some point, like move on. Like yeah. you don't need a higher box. Like right. do something Skips, else. Skips, yeah, anything. And it's like, oh, here's my two feet. Let me jump on a box. Like why don't you try it on one foot? Like yeah. Yeah. unilateral that. Oh, yeah. jump from the side. Like do something. Right. I will say one of the hardest plyometric movements I thought ever 
was the backwards box jump. It was, oh, yeah, that's really hard. It was nerve-wracking to yeah, do it. that's really hard. Um. Anyway, and then Jake does, like, backflips or, like, 50-inch. Onto a box. Yeah, yeah, backwards. So kudos to you, Jake. Oh, we need a pop culture one. Okay. Overrated <laughs> or underrated? <laughs> I wonder if – can you hear this, Jason? Is it going through? Yes. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hurry up because I got to get my son from soccer. All right. All right. Sorry. <laughs> overrated or underrated <laughs> Brandon Cronenberg I hope you're thinking of the, you're probably thinking of the at dad first, at least right no at first I was thinking about the Brandon. Brandon Brendan Frazier is who popped into my head first the whale the, the guy Doom from, Patrol no you're thinking of the mummy because you don't yeah, watch anything yeah. more recent yeah the mummy who's Brandon uh, Brandon Cronenberg I, uh, do you know who Cronenberg is like video drone what else did he do the fly, yeah, that's his big one. Uh, ex- is it like existence or existensis or something like that? Body horror. Yeah. I don't like. Yeah, I don't like. You're body sc- horror. That's because you're scared. He ha- has a lot of other ones, but his son things, has. The no, the thing's John Carpenter. Okay, well, you didn't do the yeah, I knew he. W- I, this is why I shouldn't have did it. I should have had this with Jason. Jason should come in to do the pop culture and replace you. Should just be like a smash well, cut. Is he, is he overrated or underrated? I don't know. That's for you to decide. He let me do the some son research. just did two mo- He has like three movies, but two that are more recent. There's Brandon Cronenberg. Pos- there's Possessor. Well, and there's Infinity this for the Pool. Audience. They can comment below on his Brandon they, Cronenberg. The audience doesn't. I bet there's a few audience members who know. Let's try something else. Okay. Overrated or underrated? Stand up comedy. Underrated. Very underrated. And the reason why I think it's underrated. I think people don't have the patience at times. And I think I think stand-up comedians that aren't the best struggle to to relate actually like pop culture to normal to normal people that are watching. I think it's uh I it is one of my favorite uh modalities of media and media consumption. And I just I love stand-up comedians. I will say so. this. Anyone I don't think they're very well rated at all. So I would 100% try to have comedians are a conversation where you monologue for 30 minutes and keep people interested. Yeah. Yep. Now remember the best in the world do this for an hour. Yeah. And keep you interested. Yeah. I would, I would say underrated. So head over to peak strength that app to pick up the app peak strength. You can get that at the Google play store, the Apple iOS store, you can get it for seven free days of training. And if you don't like it, you can cancel at any time. Remember, just like I said, if the worst thing that you can do is to do nothing. Until next time, guys, peace. Later.